Hey everyone, I'm your host, James Jackson, and this is ArtCast. Join me each episode as we shine the spotlight on a category management or Shopper Insights professional doing compelling work in the trenches. Let's dive right in. I'm here today with Doreen Pittman, Senior Marketing Manager, Analytics and Insights at Niagara Bottling in sunny California. Doreen, welcome to the show. Thank you, James. I appreciate being here today. Yeah, yeah. So it's great to have you. Um, we're really excited to talk about your your background as well as some of the fun stuff that you've been working on over the past couple of years. So normally what we do um, before we get in the trenches really deep is I, I ask our guests to walk us through your career journey for a few minutes and then we'll get started. Sure. So I have been in Catman before it even had that name. James, I've been over 25 years of category management. Um, started with my um, in craft in Illinois. That's where I'm originally from. And then did four years there, then moved to IRI. Did six years there with um, uh, like Neutrogena and J&J. Then from there moved to Nestle where I did 10 years with Nestle doing various roles with them from working in finance to marketing, marketing intelligence, then to Catman. Um, so did a wealth of, of work with them. Uh, then moved to uh, North Carolina area and worked with Sarah Lee with Harris Teeter and Food Lion um, and with Home Depot for a while and then came back to California because of our aging parents. And then I've been working with Niagara for the last four years. I'm working with them in, in marketing and with the sales team in our beverage manufacturing group. Okay, great. So uh, last stop being Niagara. And, uh, you know, I'm familiar with Niagara due to water, obviously. But yes, I, in talking to you, I understand Niagara is much more than water. So if you could kind of give a, some color on Niagara overall as a business. Right. So Niagara is um, private label water, as well as we have Niagara brand. Um, and so with private label, there's quite a few customers that we work with, um, but we're the highest selling um, volume in private label. And then we have our Niagara brand that you can definitely see in the West and in the South. Um, and then we also are co-packing. And so we co-pack for some of the top um, water companies as well. Awesome. 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 All right. Um, so we're about to get into the trenches, get in really deep because- uh, okay. We have we have some good information. I think you you're um, able to share to us, and so with that, let's go. Let's get in the trenches. Let's talk about category management specifically. Um, and obviously, you said you do marketing, but you really really do a lot of uh, category management work. And um, could you share a little bit about where category management was? when you started at Niagara? Yes, so when I started four years ago, we were really small at looking at category management and trying to scale it down when you have multiple areas that you're looking at. So, you know, we're crossing every region in the US, which is nine regions for us. Um, and that is quite a bit when you think about from water, right? Because everybody purchases water, everybody drinks water. So we're talking from the top customers all the way down to the small, you know, little mom and pops, right? And so we're covering all of that in Catman, trying to really understand where the volume is, where there's share gains, where there's distribution issues, 
um, where pricing might be an issue or promotion from our competitor sets. So really trying to dig as deep as we can into the analysis, but then trying to bring it up to an audience where, you know, it can flow across everyone and everyone can understand it and they can then take it and use it to um, increase sales. So, so let me ask you this. So when you started, would you say that the category management practice was fully developed, very new? Where, where did you stand as far as kind of a maturity stage when it came to the practice? Well, definitely in our infancy stage. I mean, we didn't even own our own data at that point. Um, just very little of our own data. We're using other consulting firms to kind of bring in our data and then help us to understand that number. Now we're at a point where we're owning our data, where, you know, we really can say, hey, th this is our number and we know how it's impacted. Um, we know where, when the number, as far as seasonality, um, you know, subs when it's subsidized, all these different things, you know, our price elasticity, all of that now we're really understanding. Whereas before it was kind of that information was filtered into us. And so we were trying to like take that and then understand that along with all the other pieces. So in our Catman, we're not only looking at syndicated data, but we're also looking at POS data. We're looking at shipment data and we're looking at finance. So it's like the whole big picture. So, okay. So good. So you, you, you were at one point uh, really outsourcing in mm -hmm. some regards, most yes. of the functionality and, and then you brought it in house. What, what was that trigger point or what led whether it's you and or your senior leadership to decide that you did need to kind of get your arms around it and control it there at Niagara? Well, it's all about growing, James. The more you grow, right, the more data becomes important and you need to be able to have it readily available at your fingertips and really understand it and then utilize it in a way that is best for your customers, right? So we want to be partners with our customers. In order to do that, you really got to understand their number and how they utilize it, right? Not just, you know, only our our internal data, but also that external external data. And so that's where that really came from was from the need to really be partners with our with our customers. Excellent. Excellent. So so you make that decision. Can you talk a little bit about what are some of the first decision points that you had when you started building out that that arm of the business? Well, of course, it's always about data alignment, right? So data science is so important that you can align data and it makes sense to all of your audiences. So you're taking your shipment data and you're trying to align that with your syndicated data and then your syndicated data with your POS data. It's also very important to be able to do that. So people can kind of see themselves in the data. It's like, oh yeah, I know my shipment data. I know where it should be. I know my POS data. I know where that should be. And then if the syndicated is off in any in any way, because it is a projected number, then we can work with them to say, okay, where where is numbers missing? Where are holes missing in that data? And to make sure it all shores up and marries up to something that makes sense. But then some things are just directional, right? Like when you're looking at certain growth gaps and things like that, you may have holes in your data. So then you need to be able to fill those holes with understanding, you know, other data that's coming into play, right? And then marrying it all together. So it makes sense to everyone, not just us in the Catman field, but also to our salespeople, you know, our supply chain people, our finance people, and ultimately to our customers. Okay. So you mentioned sales. So I'm going to kind of hover on that for a minute. Um, obviously, category managers, they tend to understand category management and the value. 
but there is that other side, that sales side, where I would assume in the past maybe more relationally driven. So you have that relationship, um, and, and now it's maybe more data driven. Some salespeople do not um, they do not like it all that much, or they right. don't understand it. So can you talk about you know how did you bring the sales team along there at the very beginning? That's a good question, James. It's all about training, right? Um, people understanding what you're talking about. And it's all about you really listening to them. It's all about their need state, right? So you're talking to them, to them about their business. What impacts their business? What grows their business? What, you know, causes some type of bottle, bottleneck sometimes, right? What, what are the, what are the obstacles? And so really listening to them about their business is how then you can meet their need within their business. And then they start to realize, okay, when I talk to her, she's not only talking about my business, but then she takes it another level and talks about what's going on with, you know, my re, the, the other competitive retailers and what's going on in that marketplace and what's going on in that channel. So I'm not only looking at it from my retailers, uh, from me, from my retailers perspective, but from the global perspective. And they start to really get that. And they're like, oh, wow, this is really important for me to have versus just another number that they have to digest and then, you know, um, uh, communicate out. Sure, sure. So it, it sounds like a couple things were happening. One is you had to make decisions about what to use. Mm -hmm. You had to, in some ways, bring stakeholders along. Yes. Um, and then there's also the impact to your customers. And I think initially you said, hey, we were growing. We wanted to be partners. And so we had to take this on um, underneath our own umbrella versus outsourcing it. Can you talk a little bit about what was the reaction from your customers? So now all of a sudden you're bringing in information. You're you're you're, you're stepping up your game. What did what was the reaction from them? They love it, right? They're like, can I get more? When can I get more, right? So you're talking you're talking category growth now, not just brand growth. You're talking competitive growth, right? Where there's obstacles with that. Um, now you're talking um, all the, the, what I call the five Ps, right? So you're talking, you know, product, you're talking promotion, you're talking pricing, you're talking placement, and then you're talking profit, right? That's that fifth P, which is so golden to them especially now in our inflationary period, right? Where their dollars are just skyrocketing, right? And so they're like, well, how long will this maintain, right? Everybody wants to know how long inflationary pricing will remain. You know, are they competitive with all of the other retailers, right? You know, you want to make sure your price isn't higher than anyone else's, but commodity prices continue to go up. So you have to, you know, uh, really uh, take that price to another level, unfortunately, in the environment that we're in. Um, and so when you have to do that, you have to really um, analyze the data to see when that's going to change, right? Consumers are very savvy. They are price conscious, right? They are watching their wallets. So because of that, they are channel surfing, right? And their brand switching. And so how do you keep them loyal to your brand knowing that there are price adjustments that are happening, right? But, you know, COVID has done a lot of things to make people want to continue to purchase beverages and food. So the demand is still high, but you want to make sure that even with that um, high demand, that it's quality and it's priced right for your consumer. Interesting. Interesting. So that's, that's really good. And honestly, when you said the five P's, I was wondering what the fifth P would be. Yes, profit. 
It's profit. all about profit now, right? And so it's, you know, from a marketing standpoint, you know, in my, in my master's uh, program, they always talked about the four P's. Um, and then when you get into, you know, really working into this industry, you see that there truly is a fifth P and that's that profitability that really matters to everybody. And everybody thinks of it differently, right? You know, and water is always about volume. Um, but now, you know, because of inflationary pricing, it's also now about dollars, which from the retail perspective, it was always about dollars, right? They're always about their profit margin. And so it's really important that you're aligned with that and understand that it's all about making sure that everybody meets that number, right? Successfully, um, and not only just your brand, but that whole category, the health of the category is just as important as the health of the brand. And that's where category management comes in to to monitor that and make sure that we're looking at the big picture, not just small little pieces that can then, you know, spiral into declines if you're not looking at that and, and coming up with recommendations to keep the category healthy. Wow. Okay. That's, that's great. That's great. So it sounds like, you know, you're building up your, your category management expertise and support for your retailers. Um, you're, you're bringing people along both internally and externally. Everything sounds great, but there had to be some potholes along the way. So can you share a few things because somebody else might be listening that is considering going through, or they're actually in the process of doing what you've already done. What are some things that you ran into? Well, of course, you know, we just talked about the biggest one, profit. So then on the side of that is money, right? And there's always a investment that comes with trying to grow your Catman team, right? Because you have to purchase the data. You have to purchase multiple types of data. You can't just do, um, you know, Nielsen. You also have to do IRI depending on who your customers are, right? You just can't have one house. You have to partake of both. And then there's other numerators, spins, you know, all different type of data that we utilize. Um, and so there's there's a cost associated with that. And so you have to be able to prove the investment and that it's worthy to increase, you know, um, ROI for your for your company. And so with Catman, you know, it's it's hard to always do that because you've got innovation, you've got growth, you've got new line extensions, all these things that could um, bring that number up. And so you really have to get very finite in detail to show where those where you're making a, a change and then try to aggregate that up to a total level for company level. And sometimes that that that's hard to do. So that's one of the biggest potholes, I would say. And then the pothole that everybody has experienced has been COVID. You know, that has been a huge changer and a disruptor in how we did things. Because before it was one dimensional, this is my data, this is what it means, and we go. But then we realize, okay, wait, you know, the environment matters, right? You know, people staying at home, how that impacts, you know, um, more people called us about water being in their garages. They pantry loaded it and said, okay, well, can I still drink the water if it's in my garage? You know, that was questions. It's like, well, sure you can, you know, well, if there's a little condensation, it's like, that's fine. Questions that we never thought we would have because people are pantry loading um, they're making sure that they never see the out of stocks that they saw before, right? So that was a huge um, game changer, right? And it was a change agent that had us look at not only you know our category and our brand and our competitor set, but the whole world and how it's impacted and globally. So you know you have to become broader and you had to be more flexible as well, right? With 
understanding, you know, how the consumer can switch. Whereas before they were pretty, you know, water is something that everybody knew they had to have. Um, but then, you know, you had to realize that, you know, what type of water are they really interested in? You know, a different type of, you know, when they talk about share of stomach, you know, there's only so much room in your stomach, right, for you to um, absorb water so or absorb beverages. So is it just water or maybe sports drinks? And so that's where we um, started looking at other areas um, within um, Niagara that we're, that we're pursuing as far as not just a water company. So now we're we're looking in being a beverage company and looking at sports drinks and looking at protein shakes and looking at all these different things that, you know, share that that stomach, you know, for consumers to make sure we're hitting all of their need states at the marketplace. Interesting. Yeah, that I forgot that you were doing this in the middle of COVID. Yes. Yes. So, you know, everybody at home and, you know, everything shut down and, you know, you go to the stores, like if you look at the trends of foot traffic for, for the retailer and you can see this big, huge spike in foot traffic and then the basket wasn't at the same level because people were still going to the stores, right? Like, you know, because they had to go somewhere. And so, you know, our basket ring was stayed the same, but there was all these huge foot traffics. And so people are like, well, I can't go I can't go to work. I can't go to a restaurant, but I can go to my neighborhood store. <laughs> wow. Wow. So um, along with COVID, and this is a, a somewhat of a different question, but with that, obviously, we also saw a spike in online. So how has that impacted the water business specifically, again, where you're, you're potentially commoditized you know, across the board, um, but also now you have this different platform that's tugging as well. Yes, a huge impact. E-commerce grew um, in double digits during COVID and will still maintain growth um, um, forever, basically, right? Because there's so many people that have uh, done grocery shopping online. And once they have, you know, their menu set up of what they want to order, then now it's easy to, to continue to order those those things. And that happened with water as well as with other items. So we definitely saw an increase in that. And then you see some people, you know, would purchase, you know, pallets of water, or, you know, different things coming to their house, you know, so and people still do that, right? Because they, you know, it, it's convenient. So you're definitely going to see that happen um, on an ongoing basis for forever. I don't think e-commerce is, is ever going to go away and it's been impactful to, you know, the retail journey. Um, and so, you know, before it was brick and mortar and e-commerce and the two will never meet. Now they're, you know, it's like, no, they're combined and joined together. And that's going to last for, I think, you know, forever now, especially with, you know, um, you know, our, our younger folks that are all about, you know, the um, our e-commerce world. Right. And so we're we're working with um, our social media firms to, um, and also with scraping online, just really understanding how much people utilize online. Um, and how much they 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 look at products and they research products. Um, you'd be surprised, you know, before they purchase it, uh, lots of people will research it and figure out what that product is and what's the claims on it before they'll go to their neighborhood store. Wow. So it, it's obvious, Doreen, that you, you have a lot of knowledge, a lot of, you know, intel experience when it comes to water, but you brought a lot with you when you came to Niagara. So I'm just wondering, um, what are things that you learned along the way that helped you to be able to build up the program the way you've done it at Niagara? 
Well, yes, I worked 10 years at Nestle. And so in working with Nestle, um, there's various um, categories that you're working with, right? So, you know, you're working with food, you're working with pet, uh, with um, baby and with confections. And in doing that, um, the confections, of course, is it's no longer there, but they still have the other ones. And also with beverage, right? Because you got the Nesquik and the Juicy Juice and all of that. And so working with all of those categories, it really helped you to look at the bigger picture. So it's not just about beverages. It's, it's, it's not just about food, but it's about who the consumer is and what their need state is. What are they looking for? You know, what is the newest and latest thing? You know, being health conscious, you know, sustainability is important. All of these different things that the consumer is thinking about is what we have to tap into. You know, uh, back in the day, it used to always be about, you know, you'd be in your ivory tower crunching data, you know, and you, you didn't spend as much time in the stores. Now I spend an enormous amount of time in the stores, making sure I'm kind of like, you know, consumer watching, you know, seeing what they're doing. Of course, we do focus groups and surveys and things like that, but there's nothing more beneficial than being in the store, really understanding what they're doing. And I'm in the store so much that they'll always ask me things like, do you know where such and such is in this aisle? And I'm like, well, I don't work here, but I know it's an aisle such as such. <laughs> because they, I guess they see me there, they, they can tell that I know what I'm doing or where I'm going. Um, but that's the key to Catman and, and to marketing as well, is really being in touch with your consumer as much as you're in, in touch with your customer. Awesome, awesome. Well, we've been down in the trenches for quite a while here, so time to take a breath and come up for air. Finally, coming up for air. All right, so I have a couple of last questions for you, a little bit more about your you personally. Um, so I understand you're not originally, and I think you, you did mention it, not originally from California. So where are you originally from? I'm from Evanston, Illinois. So go Northwestern. Yeah, the, 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 um, well, we, I, I, grad, I graduated from, um, from ETHS. So for us, it's go kids. But, um, yeah, I originally am from there and then moved to, to California. Um, and then moved to North Carolina and then came back to California. So definitely a little bit of moving around. Awesome. Awesome. So if your colleagues were to describe you, maybe they use two or three descriptive words and say, this is who Doreen is. What words would they use? Well, they'd probably say um, I'm a little bit of an adrenaline junkie because uh, I definitely like roller coasters and we ski and, you know, we like to, you know, do, you know, all those kind of things that, you know, your, your mom and dad would be like, really, you're going to go do that? So, <laughs> so I like to have that thrill. Um, so that's really fun for me. Um, we also like to swim and play tennis and, you know, things like that with, with our family. Um, and then definitely a, uh, I'm also, you know, a, I have to admit a numbers geek, right? You know, because I'm a data guru kind of person, you know, I can look at data and tell you right off, like, okay, there's something wrong, you know, and because I'm in the data so much. Um, so that's one thing, but being a geek now is a good thing. So I will embrace it. And then, um, the other thing I would say is that, um, you know, I'm, I'm really a people person. I love to talk to people. You know, I have three boys and they're always like, oh, we're going to wear with mom and she's going to start talking to people and strangers, you know, with, when, when, you know, mentioning COVID again, when we're in the line for vaccinations, you know, I'm talking to people and they're like, why would you talk to me? I'm like, well, we're here for two hours. We might as well talk. <laughs> so, 
So I love, you know, and I do that, like I said, in the grocery store, I do that everywhere because you learn so much from people and it's so much fun to be able to talk to them and, you know, find commonality with them. And so I I love to do that. It's fine. Awesome. Awesome. Well, as we close, um, and this has been great, uh, do you have any tips, tricks, recommendations, maybe two or three that you might share with the audience, things that would help them, whether they're building out an organization or just in their in their daily role? Audience is key, right? Who Get in contact or understand or stay in touch with who your audience is when you're presenting. There's been times when I've presented to an audience, I had all of this data and these facts and figures and I started off and I looked at my audience and I could tell that it was just like totally going over their head. And so I stopped and said, okay, let's, let's go back and let's really, let's make this as, you know, as concrete as we can, very step one, two, three, so that, you know, everyone understands what we're talking about. So you really need to, to own that, right? You know, cause we can get very bogged down in the numbers, right? You know, this is what it says, but if it doesn't mean anything to your audience, then you've lost them. So that is one of the biggest things I would tell people in in Catman is to know your audience, be comfortable adapting to your audience. If if you if you have if you can't talk to a number and you just have to tell them about it, then you need to be able to do that and why it's important and how it can impact them and inspire them while you do it. Excellent, excellent. Well, Doreen, this like I said has been awesome. Um, really interesting to understand how you build things up and and some of the decision points and some of the pitfalls that you went through along the way. So we really appreciate your time. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me here. Um, um, it's, it's very humbling to be able to talk about your career. So I appreciate that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you've just listened to another amazing episode of ArtCast. Please look forward to more interesting people just like Doreen in the weeks to come. Please don't forget to share ArtCast with your colleagues as well. And I'm guaranteeing you're sitting there right now saying, you know, I know someone that would be great for ArtCast. And don't be shy either. That person might just be you. So whether it's a guest recommendation or topics or feedback, go to catman.global slash ArtCast and complete out our form. We'd be sure to get right back to you as soon as possible. And so with that, this is James Jackson signing off, and you've been in the trenches. Thank you. Thank you.